0: Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc slash soap. Today, in Hebrews 13, um... We are going to, I I think the central premise that we're going to get into is really, it's about the heart, um, which seems to be such a theme lately, uh, in the messages on Sunday and, and, and everything that we're going through, it's about the heart, and I think we need to open our spiritual eyes to see so much more about how things are about the heart. Um, So we're going to really dive into uh, here in Hebrews 13 a little bit this morning, and I hope that and pray that this blesses you. Um, So let us pray and then let's get into the word and see what God has for us today. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for uh, this morning. I thank you that we have breath in our lungs and that we have grace and mercy that you fall fresh on us every morning. Lord, we just, uh, we thank you for this time to gather, uh, to study and read your word, to understand your promises for us, to understand your your uh, guidance and your wisdom and your understanding for us through your word. Lord, we thank you for that. Um, I pray and surrender my tongue to you this morning, Lord, that this be your word and not my own, that that you and your spirit speaks to all of us in our hearts, uh, no matter where we are, whether we're driving to work right now or whether we're in our living rooms or or just wherever we're listening to this, Lord, I just pray that you uh, meet us in that place and you're with us in our hearts and our minds uh, and remind us of your word as we go about our days. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. So good morning everyone let's get into hebrews 13 i'm reading out of the new king james as i traditionally do um so verse one let brotherly love continue do not forget to entertain strangers for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels remember the prisoners as if chained with them those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Marriage is honorable among all, in the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. For it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, he might that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. As those who must give an account, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably, but I especially urge you to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you that is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words. Know that our brother Timothy has been set free, with whom I shall see you if he comes shortly. Greet all those who rule over you and all the saints. Those from Italy greet you. Grace be with
1: you all. Amen. Amen. Let's get a good stretch in. I got my um, Hebrews coffee.
0: Yep, Jeff liked that one. There we go. <laughs> um, and, and this is the final chapter in the book of Hebrews here. So we see that closing. Um, and just a, a quick little side historical note. That is one area that a lot of people do point to in thinking that the author of Hebrews uh, was the Apostle Paul. Um, because Paul had a very uh, close relationship with Timothy uh, as he set Timothy up was the, um, uh, the head pastor, if you will, of the church of Ephesus. And so and we see letters to Timothy from Apostle Paul. And so that's one area in which a lot of scholars kind of that believe um, Apostle Paul was the author of Hebrews. That's kind of one of their uh, backings for that um authorship uh area right there just so that's a little side note for you guys to know but really let's let's look through the text and what are we seeing starting in verse one let brotherly love continue in the greek there's only three words that make up this sentence instead of four Uh, let and continue are actually the same word but brotherly love is one word it's one of the four main words of love that is in the Greek language um, that is used throughout the New Testament. Um, And we'll go through those four. The first one, uh, eros, uh, otherwise passionate or erotic love or, um, you know, the, the appropriate love that is between a husband and wife. Uh, That love, there's no, I know, yeah, I said erotic on a uh, Christian podcast, but here we go. Um, That's okay. That's healthy inside the confines of marriage. That's healthy between a husband and wife. That's a good love to have in that context, right? Um, And so that's one of the Greek words that was used to describe that type of love. Uh, Stroge, stroge. Uh, Stroge, um, however, it's properly pronounced. Uh, that's more of a family love. That's father to son. That's mother to daughter. That's you know parents to kids. That's grandparents to kids. That's that's within your blood related uh, or somewhat uh, extended family love. It's that um, blood bond, if you will, uh, that relational bond in that uh, context. That's that type of love. And then we have the one that's most commonly used in the Greek, uh, in the New Testament, which is agape. You've probably heard of that uh, a little bit more often uh, because it is the primary uh, word, Greek word that is used throughout the New Testament. I'm going to read this description uh, for you on what was, what agape means. And I think it's really, really powerful to understand what that word means is Agape was another word for love. It is the most powerful word for love in the New Testament and was often used to describe God's love towards us. It is a love that loves without changing. It is a self-giving love that gives without demanding or expecting repayment. It is love so great that it can be given to the unloved or unappealing. It is love that loves even when it is rejected. Agape love gives and loves because it wants to. It does not demand or expect repayment from the love given. It gives because it loves. It does not love in order to receive. Agape love isn't isn't about feelings. It's about decisions pretty powerful uh statement there um, about what agape love is it's a matter of a heart when we look at a lot of things that we've been talking about in sunday services from pastor brendan and also hearing from pastor robert morris at gateway church and when we talk about uh tithing and offerings when we talk about um you know, being kind to one another, whether you know them or not, whether you uh, like them or not, it's all about the heart. Where is your heart at? You know, it, Apostle Paul even uh, reminds us that, um, you know, what good is it uh, to do to just be kind to the ones you like? Even sinners and non-believers do that. Even sinners and non-believers are kind to the ones they like. So if that's the only people that we love,
1: are we really loving? Are we truly loving in the way that God wants to spur us on to,
0: that the Holy Spirit wants to infill us with? And so, but we here, but these these three loves that I just talked about was not the love that was written here. In this first sentence. Funny thing is, is because we live right outside the city, but the word for love here is Philadelphia. The, The word in Greek is Philadelphia. That means brotherly love. That's why the city of Philadelphia in which we live outside of has that saying. It's the city of brotherly love because the word in Greek means brotherly love. It's friendship affection. It's knowing that you have a deeper connection with somebody than even blood itself. And here it's spurred on and almost, if you will, taken that meaning in Greek and redeemed for a Christian meaning and saying that we should have a deeper love for each other within the church, within the capital C church, that when you meet Christians that even go to another church in a different state That you have a brotherly bond with them due to the eternalness in our salvation and the connection through the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood runs thicker than even our own blood. That blood, in which has eternally saved us, all of us, is that bonding element in which we should have brotherly love and sisterly love and all of that for each other within the capital C church, taking care of one another when ones are hurt, Uh, lifting each other up
1: when ones are down, making sure that all of us are together instead of falling away, holding each other accountable when we fall. Real love will tell you when you're wrong real love will tell you
0: you need to strap up your bootstraps get your bible and let's get right real love is somebody that not only is willing to receive that type of information but are you willing to tell somebody that that's the other flip side of the coin often we talk about is it You need to be able to receive that kind of correction in love from somebody. But the other flip side that's so hard to do is that some of us, we just need to also muster up the amount of love, if you will, the amount of intestinal fortitude to tell somebody when they're wrong. When they've had too much pride, when they've had too much self-indulgence, when they've gone off the deep end with maybe too much social media or indulged in other issues that they've had in their lives, addictions or uh, problems, maybe even it's a toxic relationship they're in and you need to say, this is not healthy for you. It's a matter of the heart. Do you care for enough people to tell them this is not your best? This is not what God wants for you. This is not healthy. And then on top of it, are you willing to receive that if somebody tells you that as well? Receive it and knowing that it's coming from a loving place. It's coming from a caring place. It's coming from a brotherly or sisterly place to help build us up. Are we having that kind of heart, or is it I only want to receive what makes me feel good? I only want to tell people what makes them feel good. And it's about the heart. It's all about the heart. It's all about where's our heart lie. That's what all of this matters we didn't even get into verse two yet. <laughs> Do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. You know, I, I did this once. I, um, I didn't know this person and uh, we just started chatting and entertaining. Um, and I realized at a certain point, this person was an angel and I decided to marry her. How did all of us get to know who we love? Because at some point, they were strangers. At some point, we didn't know them. Understand that you never know the blessing or God's plan for somebody in their life, regardless of how much money they have what stature they're in, what kind of cool or uncool job that they do. Regardless of any kind of earthly way of looking at somebody, we don't know what God's plan is for their life because we're not God. And so when we receive people and when we entertain them in a holy and godly way and take care of each other, and take care of those that are down, you never know. It could be an angel. It could be somebody that's there to bless you. It could be somebody that you helped up, and then later on, because of your help, because of your love, because of whatever, that they grow into something and somebody that it can turn around and bless you when you're down, when you're hurt, when you need help and that's all part of God's plan. He sees not just second and third order effects, but he sees eight, nine, 10, a hundred steps in front of us, a hundred steps in front of them as well. And seeing how all of these uh, parts of life intertwine together that we could never imagine. When we fully trust in the Lord, we trust that the circumstances in which we fall in and the people we meet are there for a purpose every
1: single one of them every single one of them so may that
0: also help you think twice about when you pass by somebody on the street or when somebody's asking for a quick hand for help you never know who the angel could be because of your entertaining them In a Christian way,
1: in a loving way, is your heart open to that? We see also here, and this was written, of
0: course, in the time uh, where a lot of Christians were being just put in jail for being Christian, right? They were just being put in jail for their faith. And we still have pockets of the world that are this brutal, if not worse, towards our faith. But remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also, talking about the body of Christ. We must pray for, yes, we are here for South Jersey. We are here for our, a local community. But let us not forget that we need to be praying for our whole Christian community worldwide. That our Christian community that of people that have, come out of and yes people that were in the organization of isis have come to jesus and have repented of what they were in and then of course their own the the isis community then has persecuted them because they've renounced the muslim faith the extreme muslim faith if you will that they were holding dear and have come to understanding the love of christ and then they immediately become persecuted by them. That's one pocket of area that is that is going on. But of course, you're not going to hear about it. It just doesn't make it newsworthy. But that's one of the things from... Um, you know, our uh, missionaries out there that we are affiliated with have given us information about that. Yes, even members of ISIS have been coming to Jesus. Members of uh, other anti-Christian organizations have come to Christ. May we continue to pray for them. And it also shows that nobody is too far gone for Jesus. Nobody is too far gone for the love of God and for his salvation and for the work of the Holy Spirit. Nobody is that far. Never give up hope. Never give up the faith that somebody that you know, that you think could be too far gone, is. And we look at Apostle Paul, he says he was the greatest sinner of all. He was persecuting the church of Christ in the early days of the spread of Christianity. And God miraculously shifted his life on that Damascus road. Nobody is too far gone for Jesus. Marriage is honorable among all in the bed undefiled, for fornicators and adulterers will be judged. Marriage is holy, marriage is a great institution, marriage is wonderful. And yet our society has been tearing it down piece by piece by piece. May we as the church, I pray boldly,
1: holds up the sanctity of marriage and reeducates our culture on not
0: just the hard work that marriage is, and I'm not going to take away that marriage is hard work. But it's hard work for the blessing in which it also is, too. It's hard work. Nothing worthwhile is easy. That is one statement that is 100% true, even within our Christian lives. Nothing worthwhile is easy. But it becomes easier with the Holy Spirit. But it becomes easier with the Word of God. But it becomes easier when we read, agree, and obey. It becomes easier when our heart and our mind become transformed by Christ and not by Instagram and not by Facebook and not by all of these other influencers in this world that say things just to get views and just to get you to smash that like button. Marriage is holy. Marriage is wonderful. Marriage is hard work, but it's hard work for a blessing. It's hard work to build things up.
1: It's hard work for the goodness in which it produces when you work together. marriage is more of a choice than it is a feeling and too often
0: we only are married if we feel married in this society may we not feel that way may we choose to be that way always May we wake up and look at our spouse and say i choose you today i choose to work hard for you today
1: i choose to to love you today I choose you because God put you in my life and I love you more than a feeling. It's a deep inner conviction and covenant, not a contract, not a contract. Again, this all stems from the heart though. This all stems from the heart. Where is our heart in things? Where is our heart lying with all of this?
0: And here's one that depending on the translation you read in verse five, this one gets into where sometimes it's trying to really point you in the direction of money, but I'm telling you, it's not about money. Let your conduct be without covetedness. Depending on your translation, it says like, you know, be, be happy with the amount of money you have or Uh, and I'm sorry I I just don't believe that that is a proper translation because this has more to do with your heart and and so many things outside of just money itself and physical possessions be content with the things you have be content with blank as you have be content with the children you have be content with the husband or wife you have. Be content with the job you have. Be content with, of course, then you can get into physical possessions, the house you have, the car you have, um, the clothes you have, the the whatever you have. Be content with what you have. Too often we, we are more focused on the things we want to have and we don't appreciate what we have. Understand, if you get something new, that's great because that's God's blessing, right? Every Like, what did we learn this past Sunday? It's all his. It's all his. Our money's his. Our things are his. Our family's his. Our, Our husbands and wives are his. Everything is his. They are blessings to us. And when we want something we don't have and we disregard what we have, we are disregarding the current blessings that God has given us. And we're pining for things that we hope God will give us. And I'm not saying that there aren't needs out there and that there aren't legitimate things that maybe you're lacking in your life that you know God will work through and, and maybe there's lessons learned and all of that. Like, hey, I get it if your car broke down and you can't get to work. I get it if you're in a, an abusive relationship. I get it if... You're in a uh, hostile work environment that's just tearing you down. I get it if though if like bad things are happening and you want to get out and you want to seek in it into a better life. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about your car works perfectly fine, but you want a BMW, right? Your air conditioner works fine, but you want two or three hooked up to your house or something you want you you want a bigger house do you really do you want to clean that bigger house do you really want to clean a bigger house I'm just telling you no yeah Tara's with me no no we don't want to clean a bigger house but then if you want a bigger house then you need a bigger paycheck because then you need to be able to afford the housekeeper to come take care of the big house. And then that's just more and that's more and that's more. And it turns into the snowball of wants and wants and wants. And and it becomes a a joy-sucking habit in our life. You ever thought about that? The more that you want something and not content with what you have, it just sucks the joy out of your life. It takes away that that I'm content and I'm happy and I'm, I'm loving it and I'm praising God for the blessings I have and, and whatever it is that I, I'm living in and I'm always looking to something else, there's no joy in life. There's no peace in life. There's always this, uh, I'm not good enough uh, and this anxiety in life. To covet and to want so much more just sucks the joy out of life, sucks the enjoyment out of it. So it just takes away everything in which we should be holding dear,
1: and it just ruins our heart If I just get that better car, if I just like right
0: now, heck, nobody wants a truck, because those gas prices are no good. The, the more you have, the more responsibility it takes to keep it. And then that sucks more joy out of you. Trust me. Hey, if you don't want things, come to my house. I'm willing to give away a whole
1: bunch of stuff. That's less I have to worry about taking care of. Be happy with what you have. There's blessing
0: in what you have. It's all the Lord's. So be blessed with it. Understand it. Under, see your these spiritual eyes opening up and seeing the, the goodness in which God has blessed you with. You may say, I don't have much. I don't have a lot of money. I'm working paycheck to paycheck. You're working. And you got a paycheck. Because there's plenty of people that don't. There's plenty of people that don't. And that's why it says in here, I will never leave you nor
1: forsake you. God is with you. What more could you want? Like
0: in reality, what more could you really want? If God is with you. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I will not fear of not having enough money. I will not fear of losing my job. I will not fear of XYZ. Just put a line there. I will not fear line, whatever it is that you think you're fearing of. I will not fear. I will not fear uh, worrying about my family. I will not fear uh, anything and whatever it is, whatever that is, there's so many spots in, in Hebrews 13 here that we can just put a line and you can put that in there. I will not fear, I will not covet this, I will not, I will be content with X, Y, Z that I have. And it doesn't have to be material. I will be content with the wife that I have. I will be content with the husband I have. Keg belly and all. Right? Let's go, men. Amen. Right. <laughs> Forget that little chumpy six pack. I got it all for you, right? You know, like, hey, Come on. <laughs> it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. People go, I don't understand tithing. It's all about the heart. It has really nothing to do with your wallet. It has nothing to do with how much money you make. It has nothing to do with all of these things. You think it does because you're looking at it from an earthly perspective. You're looking at it from purely a calculator perspective. There was a a time where it was only, uh, Gabby and I were in the church, uh, I think, only a year or maybe even less. And we had started tithing. And I remember one one day coming home from church, and and I just had this deep sense that God told me to double my tithe. Double my tithe. I, I didn't know why. I didn't understand it. Uh, I was I was in a job I didn't like. I wanted to be, get out. It was just it wasn't great. Um, I just felt honestly like it was it was stirring I didn't want to tell gabby at all i I just didn't i we came home from church finally the whole drive home because you know we live like 45 minutes away from church and, and so that's a long drive and I'm still sitting there you know I don't want to tell her I don't want like the, uh, you know but it was like no you need to double your tithe like it just pressed deep on my heart and my heart was resisting to it because it just I, I didn't understand why i was I was doing what I and it should be as doing quote unquote, the, the tithe that I need to. And I said, double your, tithe. I was like, all right, fine, honey, I really feel that we need to double our tithe. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah. And then she goes, well, if you really feel that from the Lord, like I, you're going to have to. And I was like, all right, yeah, well, let's okay. Let's do it. And so literally I sat down on the app and I, and I sent that tithe digitally that day that, you know, after telling her, and it was like, okay, no, we're going to, we're going to obey the Lord. We're going to trust in him. I don't understand it. I don't get it. We're going to do it. I walked into work the next morning and I got a raise. And the raise brought me to where that tithe was specific to exactly and actually a little bit more than 10% of that amount of money. I got a 7% raise at work the next day that I was not expecting and not understanding and it was just it wasn't like my first year on that job
1: God provides
0: God wants to work on your heart are you obedient to his word are you obedient to what he has for you because everything he has has a purpose everything he has has a goodness factor to it that is not only going to give him praise that because of his faithfulness to you in your life but it is good and enriching for you in your heart So I pray to you today, I I pray this prayer over everybody that we work on our hearts because everything flows out of there. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if your heart is full of deceit, if your heart is full of greed, if your heart is full of uh, more of a calculator than
1: caring, if your heart is more of worrying about a spreadsheet, and spreading your arms wide. Then that's how you're going to act and that's how you're going to speak.
0: So today let us just let's just pray to the Lord that he works on our heart. In whatever little area it is it may not be tithing. I'm sure that plenty of us on here are are perfectly fine with that, but maybe there's another area of the heart that we need to work on. And as we come into the Freedom Conference coming up soon, this is just part of that, of just working on the heart and how much we love, how much we care, how much we're content, and how much we give. So let us pray. Lord, we just thank you this morning for for this heart challenge, for this this deep dive into where our hearts lie uh, when it comes to not just ourselves, because we, we love ourselves, but what about others? What about those in our family? What about those in our church family? And what about those outside of the four walls of the church may we not stick to just the four walls but may we open our doors and open our arms and open our hearts and and open our mouths and say welcome come into the house of the lord may we grow your kingdom because our heart is in a posture to receive and to love and to comfort and to bless may our heart be more reflective of your son jesus than our past issues lord may our heart just open wide more to your word to your correction to your direction to your wisdom may our spiritual eyes be opened to see the glory and the goodness in which you do so faithfully every day lord we love you so much may you just continue to rest in our hearts may your your spirit just be with us wherever we are wherever we're going And wherever we're listening to this from, in Christ's name, I pray. Amen.